And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett. Fucking camera in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs the definitive live pearl jam podcast and right now we have finished our quota of pearl jam shows for the year 2021 as far as we know right now because there are three months left anything can happen but what from what we know and what has been planned for a while everything is now complete and now we can finally look back in the rearview mirror talk about it discuss what was played discuss what wasn't played And there's a lot to get to because we're going to go back and we're going to do the Ohana show from the previous weekend, too, that we never got around to. We did the See Here Now a couple weeks ago, and uh, we didn't get a chance. We thought we would just package all the Ohana stuff together, so we'll get to all the the Gigaton songs that were debuted on that show, plus all the Gigaton songs that were debuted this past weekend at both Encore shows. So let's get right into it. Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar there. Hello, hello, yeah. We we had four shows. We we did it. We got through it. We've we now know. And these like how great were these shows? Like it was just I mean, they they could have come out and done anything, it would have been fantastic. But it was just great just great to see that they still have it, that they can still do it. Yeah, and, and look, I think in the past and I have seen a lot of people comment on this. They've been said, oh, you know, it's a festival set. And when they go back to, to doing regular sets, it'll be a little bit more substantial. It'll be like 25 to 28 to even like people still think that they can do the 30, 32, Ooh, three hour sets. No, I, don't I don't think so either. That's another conversation for another time. But I felt really fulfilled with what they did, even with two hours of time in every show. It just felt like everything, even though the first Ohana night was pretty similar to see here now, uh, there were some very specific differences, too, that made it unique to itself and made you want to hear those performances, especially from Gigaton, again. And even some of the regular performances of, of the old hat songs, the, the songs like Given a Fly and, and Better Man, that kind of had a little bit of a pacing change to them uh, after, you know, after a couple of years of not being played at all. We can get into that a little bit, too. But um, look, I, I think there's so much to kind of dissect in all this. We have just every, everything was played except for comes and goes. Everything was played. We were able to get, they they sounded so good. All the gigaton songs. Like I did not expect that to think that, I mean, we knew this was, they, they had been practicing all the songs, but 
every performance of a Gigaton song was just highlight after highlight. All these songs sounded fantastic live. Very, very good. And you can tell that they were so proud of them and so happy to play them, I think, with all. And that's why most of these nights, except for uh, the Saturday, uh, the Friday night show, they opened up with a Gigaton song. Just get it out of the way. Just get right to it. Hit them with a Gigaton and, and kind of use it in the early part of the set. They did that a lot. Uh, outside of Rivercross, I don't think they used any other song in an encore or even really that late in a set. Maybe Take the Long Way was a little bit later than most, but they, everything was kind of in a place where you can say, hey, I remember that. I remember that Quick Escape was was after Dance of the Clairvoyance and going into 7 o'clock. Those songs were very much a package during all this. Uh, but you can tell which ones they really liked. And right off the bat, you can kind of tell which ones in like three or four years are going to stick around for a while. And I think in four shows, that's a telling sign. And it's a good sign, too. Absolutely. And you know, which ones stuck out to you? Which, which of the Gigaton songs do you think really stuck out? Oh, man. Uh, I, I think, I mean, you mentioned it. Like, uh, all of them had their... All of them had unique qualities to them. I, I'll say that. But I have four, specifically four, that I thought were absolutely top of the list. And in no particular order, I'm going to pick 7 o'clock, Quick Escape, All Right, and then the one that debuted on Friday, whoever said that they only did the one time. But that was, uh, you know, I kind of made the comment before going into their shows. And I was like, you know, whoever said could end up being the getaway of this of this album where maybe they don't play it. Maybe they're not comfortable with it, what have you, but they brought it out and oh my God, was that a highlight? Just everything was just intense. They were on point for that. And uh, I, I don't know how it's not played every single night. It, it's a complicated song. You could tell there's a lot of changes and they, they were on point with all of it, but uh, Ed's vocal vocals were so fucking fierce in it, and, and there's a lot of lyrics to that song. He was just on point with with every single bit of it. Uh, those four specifically, but the one that really out of those four, like just absolutely wowed me that I didn't think would be a highlight live was all right. I didn't yeah. ex I didn't expect that at all. I thought. I thought it kind of had a little bit of pendulum to it where it was kind of going to just just kind of float and kind of progress in its own way. But but sort of just be there. Oh, that had a build kind of like a, you know, any Vitalogy or a no code song had a build It built up to those that big moment. It didn't it doesn't even feel on the record that that it has a big moment, but live they seem to, to turn it into something completely different. It was it was fantastic. I, like I. I didn't, you know, it was probably what number eight or number nine on a, a ranking before this, and now I have it at like number five, number six. I bumped it up after this. It was, it was just so good from this show that you can't, you couldn't deny the the way that they were able to translate it. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was fantastic, and I, I didn't have it that low. It's one of my, it's one of my sleeper songs on that on Gigaton. I think it's probably in my top three or four. And yeah, just it's it's. It's just one of those Jeff songs. I think he even gave Jeff a little shout out before they played it. Like this is one of his, and it's th it's that moment in the song where it like it kind of has a little bit of that soaring, like given to fly, better man aspect to it. I think it's going to be really good. The it's one so weird I, to put it in that category, but I know, you're, you're not I know. wrong. 
the that that's that's one for me too. But one for me, I thought, and I you know I've been saying this since the album came out, Retrograde. I thought when they opened up with Retrograde last week, it was fantastic. Just Ed feeling it right from the beginning. Cameron and McCready just locking in together. I even saw Josh like behind the amps, like just banging on something. Just, I just really whatever he's worked, doing. Really. Yeah, I thought it sounded really good. And they only played it the one time at the one show, but that's one I hope sticks around. And and yeah, Quick Escape I thought was immediately the the banger. Like a lot of people thought that that it that it was going to be just right from the beginning, just stomps like, oh, what a fantastic live song that is. And and a surprise for me is Super Lud Wolf Moon, like my least favorite song on the studio album. I did not expect it to be this good live, but again, they opened up with it last night at the last show. Uh, I, I haven't gotten a chance to hear a lot of those performances from the from the last two nights. Um, I watched a little bit of the stream last night, but missed the the first part of it. But from what I've heard from Super Blood Wolf Moon, that's it's much much better live than on the record. So I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll take on both of those points, and I, I'll kind of piggyback off of uh, Super Blood Wolf Moon. I think Super Blood Wolf Moon might have been towards the bottom of the ones, and I, th- I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty good, and, and especially being there and hearing it, like a lot better expectations. And I, too, didn't catch the opening to the second night on Encore, so I didn't see get to see how it opened a show, but like... It didn't feel like it would have worked as an opener, but you never know until it gets to that spot, which honestly, we can make that conversation with retrograde in just a second for the same thing. But I I, I, I still kind of feel the same way that I did about Super Blood Wolf Moon beforehand, but it's not, you know, I've grown to appreciate it a little bit more than I used to. I, I think when it first came out, if anybody remembered what I said about it, I had some not so nice things to say. And and didn't think that the uh, or hope that the album wasn't going to be reflective of that song, and, and really it's not. But it it it's a fine live song. It's good, and and I I'm I, you know I'm glad that they were able to turn it into into what they did. But it's definitely you know the four that I said were were the tops for me. And then I, I want to address Retrograde because Retrograde was the one that I was most intrigued by before going into these shows. And it happened to be, you know, when, when they opened with it, it was interesting. And it, what what I liked about it was just the build at the end and kind of the soaring guitar sounds at the end. And what I said about the song was it just needed, it needed an extra... Uh, an extra ounce of energy to it. It needed an extra guitar sound. It needed something else to make it, to put it on that next level. And I think it got there. However, I, I, I thought that while the ending soared and the ending felt huge, it almost like the ending in a way had a parting, parting ways feel to it. Did you, did you, did you get that? Kind of just like that, you know, Matt in the background kind of doing his own thing while the guitars so- sort of soared in their own direction. Uh, but the, it took a while to get there. I, I think I would have liked to see it one more time. I, I would have liked to seen it on the encore shows just to get another glimpse of it to see where it would have worked if if it didn't work as a well. It, it worked as an opener, but in in another spot where where it would have worked because it was supposed to be in the main set on See Here Now somewhere towards towards the latter end. Uh, but you know, as as an opener, it's so tough to gauge a song like that because. 
It's not quite a release type opener where it's a slow burn, but it's also not quite a dance of the clairvoyance kind of, you know, more mid up tempo. It's somewhere in between. And I, I just wasn't, I needed to kind of marinate on it a little little Mm. bit. And I I wish I would have had one more chance to get another take. Uh, It just felt like it took a while to get to the good part in retrograde. And I think, I I think it's going to be in the long run when, whenever we do get arena shows, that is going to be one that does develop and that does have a full version. It's not going to be there. It's not there just yet. It's going to be there for me. It's not there just yet. Only been, only been played the one time. Right. But yeah, let's, Uh, let's talk, let's talk about this because we, we kind of predicted and we thought, you know, Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty conservative. Like you don't expect to see any deep cuts. Oh, burn and the then they come out and and just surprise everyone. We got Let Me Sleep, we got Sweet Lou, <laughs> we got All Night, you got Again Today, which was, you know, Brandy Carlisle we expected, but that's still it's only been played four times. Yeah. We got we got some deep cuts in this that we did not expect. That I give them a lot of credit for doing that. I, I really do. That you know, especially Sweet Lou and Let Me Sleep are the two Ooh. most out of left field from Lost Dogs. They could have done Fatal. It could have fit right in like a glove. They could have done Hard to Imagine, and nobody would have batted an eye. They could have done uh, what else off that record would have worked. Like a uh, an In the Moonlight would have worked, and I, I think nobody would have said anything. But Sweet Lou. The one, and Jeff even alluded to it, that it, people voted it the second yeah, worst yeah. Pearl Jam song of all time. I'm going to guess Olay is number one on that list. Um, but I think, he's, I think he said that the last time they played it, too, if, I'm, it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that, that makes sense, because that, that was the MSG show uh, in, mm-hmm. in 2010. Yeah, and I remember him kind of kind of saying there like we're really doing this again we get we have to do this again kind of deal like he didn't seem to love it but also in 2018 there were shows i, b- I believe some of the european shows maybe it was in london i can't remember but there uh you know there, there was a let stone sing chant that started and then some part of the crowd was like no let let jeff sing let yeah. jeff sing and right. i wonder if you know they just had a laugh with that and uh they kind of went forward with that and and they're like okay well here you go here's what happens when jeff sings ed bounces a basketball and it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a mess uh I, you know sweet lou is definitely in the lower half of the songs but i look I, I, a moment you're creating a moment with a crowd that has waited a very, very, very long time to go and see them. And, you know, whether it's a, uh, an ultra rare, super rare moment that hadn't been played in 183 shows or something like a given a fly that gets played every night, like everything is going to have some weight and significance in its own way. And, and sweet Lou, I think just brought a lot of, of fun to the crowd. I don't think anybody in that crowd said, ah, oh, crap, we got Sweet Lou tonight. I'm really disappointed in that. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it's it just, it's fun. Yeah, Let Me Sleep was the one that really, I think, surprised everyone that first night because it was like, oh, of course. that was just the second show and they come back and it was like, wait, what? Like, uh, th- that was the point where I think the stream had gone down. Yeah. So, and then we had, we heard like people like, what? No. What? What? But, yeah, just the the balls of them to just be like, yeah, we're gonna play nineteen songs. Like we're gonna we're still gonna sneak in a couple of these, 
And we even got some of the like the mid-level songs. Like we got I Got Shit, we got Garden, we got Red Mosquito twice. Yep. You got a last exit, you got a nothing man. Like it this these were not just greatest hit songs, even though like they were you you did get a lot of those. You got your given to flies and better mans and corduroys and and blacks and the lives, but they they did a good job of sprinkling in like, you know, a smile here and there and uh so not for you and like yeah, they just balanced really well. It's just, it's just he's he's still got it. He can still make a set list and throw some surprises in there. They did they did a twenty song main set last night. That uh, that was very cool. I I, yeah, I, I thought going. I thought that they were going to end up not doing an encore. That they were just going to stay on the whole time. And yeah, you're right. Once they got all all to the end, you're like, oh shit, black. Okay, that means something's coming next. Oh yeah. no, Brandy's on stage. Oh wait. That means they have at least one more, but no, Jeff and Jeff and Stone are switching up, so they're gonna do Smile, and and then they go into Porch. You're like, fuck. When was the last time they did twenty in a main set? That's right. That's very rare. That's kind of like it looks like on paper. It kind of looks like a uh, a nineteen ninety ninety five set list. You know when yeah, they would play yeah. kind of all those bulk songs in the beginning, and then take just a, a really quick encore and do like. A rocket in the free world into lead better and, mm-hmm. and that's it mm-hmm. that, that's what it kind of seems like here but you have songs from all over the spectrum that, that are thrown in and and you know obviously 10 is going to have the most representation in any set and i i think that's kind of accepted but to some people maybe not appreciated as much but it, it, when you're when you're at least getting 10 think about this out of all the songs that were played there were two that I kind of almost thought that would be automatics and maybe even three. If you, if you want to consider another one, there was no Jeremy, there was no release and being where they were all four nights, there was no oceans. There was no, yeah. Yeah. there was no ode to any body of water song that they have amongst the waves, big wave, even something like a tremor Christ that mentions big, big waves. Like there was none of that. It was, they, I guess that they didn't want to go gimmicky and be like, oh, since we're since we're by the ocean, we got to play oceans. I, I, or maybe they just weren't ready for it because they had a limited amount of songs to play. Yeah, and and related to that too, and we talked a little bit about this when we did our See Here Now reaction episode, is they didn't, and I and I have not heard the River Cross yet. I need to go back and find a video of it, but I don't think they gave us like a big emotional cathartic moment. No, it didn't. It didn't seem like they didn't they didn't go for the jugular for this crowd to be like, we're going to hit you with, you know, this huge, heavy songs like a release or like something like that, where it just would have broken everybody down. And maybe River Cross was that, you know, the people who are there can let us know. And we're going to have we're going to have our concertpedia reviews up in the next couple of days. I actually Um, did get to see it. Uh, I think I, I can't remember if I saw it live or if I watched it afterwards. And my thought was that it was it was okay. It, it wasn't mm. it was it was fine for what it was, but it wasn't that like when Ed did it solo, he starts like shrieking and he starts getting into really like hitting the keys. And oh, he this, did that he did that live stream and he like broke down at the end. Oh right. Oh ab- right. Yeah. That's that's exactly you're you're absolutely right. Like that one's really important. But like in this, it, it felt a lot like a lot more casual. Kind of, you know, happening in the third night and they're just like, all right, well, we debuted two other songs this night and we, we, we've brought the pump organ across country and we have to use it. And seeing Ed kind of at 
the organ with a backwards hat and it was it just felt and I don't I, I don't know why that kind of felt like it, it ruined an emotional moment for me, but but it seemed like they didn't take it as serious as maybe some of the crowd would have anticipated them to. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you mentioned too, you mentioned uh Brandy Carlisle. Let's talk about let's yeah. talk about Brandy Carlisle, the future sound well, guard lead singer. I think, <laughs> I think you mentioned Brandy Carlisle, but it, okay. it's it's okay. Yeah. We can still yeah. talk about her. Yeah, two appearances here. Um, a Better Man, which uh, was very haphazard, but still her parts. I, 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 I've said this about her. I think this was in um, when she did Seattle. And we haven't done that episode. We haven't done the first home show. We will later this year. But when we do it, I will make mention to this again, that whenever she sings with Ed, she fucking laps him like five times over. Ed is way far behind and he's way low octave. And she's just like blasting soprano and you you know who the star is in in that aspect uh better man while it was they were trying to figure some shit out and they were trying to get it together and it felt a little bit like a mess like going into the transition into the uh what they were trying to do for a tag didn't really work because they they weren't sure how to incorporate brandy in that in all that but um brandy killed it Brandy absolutely killed it on both yeah, appearances agree. these nights. And um, if she wants, and, and she does, if she wants to be part of Soundgarden and they do some sort of like Soundgarden reunion tour, hey, you would love to for, for Kim and Ben to, to to be able to tour and get some money out, out, out of that. Call, because, them, call it New Dragons. Make a, make a absolutely. new band, like Do a thing. Yeah, like, and if you, if you go write, back and see those videos of her doing "Searching with My Good Eye Closed," like, oh, it's she fantastic. can she can do it. I, there's no doubt that she can do yeah. it, and she honestly, she might be the only one that could. Maybe, yeah, and, and that's that in itself is very very impressive because we obviously Chris Cornell and the power of his voice is held on such a high, you know, with with such a high regard that you really can't, you know, when you think of him. The first thing you think of, like when you think of comparisons, is, is Robert Plant. Yeah. And who the hell compares anybody to Robert Plant? Putting Brandy yeah. Carlisle up in that category, and and look, sometimes you you, you got to think a lot of people don't do this, but they don't compare male and female voices to each other. But her adding to that mix and kind of being that rock and roll voice for for a female, it it makes it work. Like I, 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 I don't think, I hope people aren't bothered by that. That would be a really stupid thing to be bothered by, but yeah. I, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from what the songs initially were. You know what it reminded me of? And this is, it's been a few years since, since this happened, but it reminded me of the Nirvana tribute where they had all the female artists come out and sing. They had like St. Vincent and uh-huh. I forget who else, but it was like they they wanted was Billie all, Eilish a part of that. It might have been before, even before Billie Eilish was a thing. Okay, but it this was a few years ago, maybe. But they did a Nirvana tribute show with only female artists, and they each did like three or four songs. And it was like that's the they were like that's what they wanted, like because you know we we think of this music as being kind of dumb and macho but like nirvana always had a really kind of feminine energy mm-hmm. like pearl jam does too a little bit so and like soundgarden maybe the least of those three but still like yeah i'm i'm all for it like 
if she, I'd, I would love to, and I'm, like I said before on this podcast, I'm not the world's biggest Soundgarden fan, but I would, I would give that a listen. Yeah. And, and I think the song choices that they would make would be all of the stuff that you'd want to hear from sound. They wouldn't go really that deep into louder than love or, or sure. I don't think they'd go sure. into anything from King animal kind of deal. So you would get, you know, fell on my days era. Yeah, exactly. The uh, day I try to live and Jesus Christ the, pose uh, and outshined. Yeah, Absolutely. Cage. Yeah. Hell if, if they, if she would do outshined, I would, I would fucking, that would be, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. I I don't even I like would they even approach that? That that would yeah, surprise we'll me. See. But we'll have to see. If it does all work out and it seems like they really like her and they have a really good relationship with her and they 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 joined up with her on her show. She played the gorge a couple months ago and they joined up and they did Black All Sun and I believe searching with my good eye closed again. Yeah. Yeah. And um look, if if they want to make it happen, I don't know if it's gonna be a full tour, but maybe it would be like a thing where they sign up for a festival gig and that's the place to see them. Maybe it's something like that, but uh, yeah. I'm in yeah. whatever it is. I'm yeah. in. And and how about uh, we have another touring member of Pearl Jam evidently. How about Danny Clinch coming out and just playing <laughs> what, three shows in a row, four shows in a row with the band. Yeah. He's, he's evidently in there now too. Yeah. It's Danny Clinch. And then there's, there's Andrew Watt. And then on top of that, of course, Josh Klinghoffer, uh, I still really have no idea what Josh Klinghoffer is doing. I, I, I didn't have a good vantage point of watching him see here. Now I, he was kind of behind Jeff a little bit and, uh, I don't know, like <laughs> it's good that maybe an extra member isn't prominent in all this and that they're just kind of in the background, but it, it, it is weird that you kind of forget about them. And, and then after a while you're, you're like, wait, where is that voice coming from? It's very high pitched on something like, um, take the long way, which actually has uh, female vocals on it on the album track. Uh, he's singing that. And you're like, wait, wait where, where's this coming from? Where, where is he? Which songs are he, in, is he involved with? Which songs isn't he involved with? And, and it's just, I don't know, maybe it's kind of how the way that boom started where boom kind of, you know, found his, his love boat captain and yeah, uh, I am yeah. mine type songs and, and court and sort of faded into the background in other songs and didn't come out during some of the more uh, punkier and, or hard rock kind of stuff. But I, I'm, I'm still jury still out on, um, on at least Josh, but it seemed like the weekend, the first weekend, like that kind of went to the earthlings right there. It really did. Yeah. With, with the, with the two performances and the one that kind of came out of nowhere that spurned out of nowhere when, um, Ed, uh, took over cause Kings Leon dumped out. Uh, I shouldn't say dumped out. They, uh, uh, their, their mother passed away and they had to go tend to that. Uh, but Ed put it, put together a really nice tribute. We didn't get long road in any Pearl Jam set, but we got long road there and then they played, um, Molly's Molly's chambers, which I, I love yeah. that Kings Leon song. Oh, they, I, they, Molly's lips was cut. Like that's, I, <laughs> they were going to do the, they were going to do the, it's, I mean, I think it's what the Vaseline's or something. Yeah, it, originally, that's, yes. That's the one that Nirvana covered. Like Pearl Jam's never done any anything Nirvana related. That would have been crazy. No, however, it's it's funny you mentioned that because the episode that we're going to be doing this week, there is a Nirvana mention in the episode. So yeah. it, it, but not a song, be, not any not, kind of music related nope, thing. Nope, not anything music related. But but also uh, on that point, we we did get an appearance from Pat Pat Smear this weekend. Yeah. Oh, that all star band. Smear. I love Pat Smear. 
Of course. Yeah, how about yeah. Ed? The picture of Ed wearing the germ shirt and standing next to Pat Smear <laughs> that that warmed my heart a little bit. Very cool. Yeah, I mean that whole gang that was there: Dave Navarro, Taylor Hawkins, uh, Chad yeah, their, Smith. Their new band, that NHC band. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Beck did. Was there? Yeah. They did a Queen cover, and I'm not sure which Queen song it was. And then, from what I heard. And I, again, I can't find a set list because they were just sort of a, a randomly thrown together band and they're not on like a set list FM right now. But I, apparently they played a, a, a one hot minute song hmm. from Red Hot Chili from the, really? you know, the Dave Navarro Chili Pepper yeah. album. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would like to see which one it is because I I'm the rare breed that doesn't hate that record as much as other people did. I, I I like a lot of that. That's like yeah, it's not really my thing, but yeah, sure. people people could equate that to being Red Hot Chili Peppers No Code, maybe. Hmm. But yeah, it 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 didn't get as much commercial success. And Dave Navarro not working with the band, but still impressive that they were able to kind of get all those you know big name people and basically the reunion cast of of the '90s right there. Uh, just coming back to, to haunt your nostalgia, I suppose. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, then they, then there was it, was it last night that there was it the night before where they, they had like 20 people on stage? Oh, it was last night. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. A, during Rockin' in the Free World and everybody, yeah. you know, Slater Kinney, obviously, and I'm so glad that they were able to give Corin Tucker that moment and that, that's going back a long ways. I don't remember mm-hmm. the last time that Slater Kinney opened up for them. It might have been the 2005 tour, but they were doing that basically every night where Corin came in and she would do the second verse and she would absolutely rip it to shreds. And when I heard her voice, because you're watching and, and I think the, the feed that we were watching kind of came from uh from a, uh, a far shot a long shot and you couldn't really you could just see a lot of just things happening but you couldn't see who's doing what and then hearing her say, there's a girl in and you're like what corin holy crap and, and it's you know it kind of brings you back to those moments when in 2003 2005 when they were touring together and they were basically doing full encores whether it be rockin or fortunate sun or harvest moon hunger even here even yeah. here uh and there's one i know that there's one i'm missing that that they did as well but like it, a lot of stuff that they uh collaborated with uh slater kinney on and it just yeah. very very cool very impressive and uh yeah some of the other names that were up there i think john McEnroe was randomly on stage mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. But it, it makes sense because McEnroe is like is a fan and he's a musician himself. So he's a fan and and uh, it, it would make sense that he would uh, go over the line and uh, and go from backstage to onstage. If, if you get the reference, you get the reference. Um, but let's is there anything else in the set that or in or not in the set that you want to discuss here? Yeah, I want to talk, talk about two songs that maybe going through a little bit of uh of a rebirth here and that's okay wishlist and better man better man we we've talked about many times we always talk about save it for later but we're getting a little bit something different on better man now we got it the at one of the first shows and they they tagged it with people have the power and we were like okay well that's because you know patty Patty smith Smith is there there. Mm -hmm. but they come back and do it again and they they tag people have the power again and I'm wondering, you know, the 
the the first Ohana they Brandy came out and sang, so they didn't do it there. But the the one over the encore, they they did people have the power again. So I wonder if this is gonna be kind of a thing that we're gonna see going forward where we're gonna see save it for later start to phase out and maybe people have the power has a little more weight to it with everything that's going on right now. You might start to see that a little more. And then wish list, like I've I've been a broken record on the show talking about how great Wishlist was from like 1998 to 2003 with the tags, like why can't I touch it and everything they were doing. Then And here they go and they start tagging Waiting on a Friend by the Rolling Stones and, and doing Wishing on a Friend. I thought that was fantastic. I think those two songs, I'm really excited to see where they go from here and how they're used. It was a really good, the transition to get from Wishlist into that uh, Waiting mm-hmm. on a Friend riff mm-hmm. is, is very, very well done. And I, I would like to see it continue, and uh, especially that one, just just find different things to add on to Wishlist. Find things, and if you want to make that the tribute song, make that the emotional song, like they did for Charlie Watts and, and talking about Norm MacDonald as well, then uh, that's, that's a good one to do it for, because it's not necessarily bringing tears to your eyes, but it is, again... Uh, you, you mentioned wishing on a friend uh, it, it, that's that's referring to all that and it's kind of saying more with less words uh, you know and I think that's most of their tributes so to speak from this night I think a lot of people kind of predicted that everything would be a tribute to something and you know whether and I I, I think that still is a little I wouldn't say bothersome, but like just definitely curious to me that they didn't do something like release and they didn't do something like light years and, and the light years one that's going to stick at my craw because I, they, they crossed it off the set list. That right. was literally the right. one song I wanted to hear. They crossed it off. See here now. Yeah. And no so binaural that, at any of these shows, right? No, no binaural, no lightning bolt. Yeah. I think light, the no lightning bolt yeah. is probably a lot weirder. Yeah, it is. No, I mean, that would have thought we would have gotten the song lightning bolt at least once. Oh, we yeah. We talked about how that was going to be kind of elevated, but yeah. You you want to talk about emotions and, and trying to tap into tributes, sirens? Mm-hmm. That could have been for somebody somewhere. Yeah. Yep. It, it just, I, I, I my, and I said this during See Here Now, the reaction episode. My My overall guess is that they just they wanted to leave all that shit behind and just play because literally they could have done a whole show that was dedicated to John Prine or that was dedicated to, uh, you know, more people like, like Charlie Watts that we've lost, just lost since, since we let, and it, it just, it's far and wide from people that maybe they know in their personal lives that, that were lost to COVID to anybody. They could have, made an entire show about that but they decided it could have been so heavy like emotional like yeah you almost wouldn't have been able to handle it in the crowd like people would have lost it and and think about what gigaton was supposed to be promoting and representing uh very pro environment very pro uh climate change being a real thing and river cross was kind of supposed to be the one that and I, I thought that we were going to get like in some sort of Ed speech saying like, this is our planet and it's, it's our only planet and we need to do our best to save it. Some, even if it was just those words that would have led to something more emotional in Rivercross, but they just decided, they said, nope, we're going to uh, just bypass that and, and just do just play the songs as they were. There were no tributes and, and you got to think of what else is going on in the world right now too, with uh, the abortion laws that the awful, awful abortion laws that are happening in Texas and on a regular arena show, 
anything like that that's happening in the world, Pearl Jam brings it up and they bring attention to it, but they just, this time they didn't. Uh, and maybe it's because it's a festival. Maybe it's because they were locked in to two hours and something like that needs more attention to, you know, to really talk about the details and, and maybe get Ed sort of mad and, and, you know, channel something, but they, uh, decided, they decided against that stuff. And I don't think it hindered any of the set. I think it was just a very curious decision, uh, especially something like release and not bringing release into the fold, I think was probably the biggest surprise for me, especially after that third night going to, to starting the, the set with low light, you know? Absolutely. Um, I am looking here to see like what else we didn't tap into. Is there is there anything like any song that they played that surprised you that you didn't think they would play at all? Like I I didn't think they they would go, and I know you picked it in uh, your prediction set, but I didn't think they would go to Life Wasted. I didn't think they would go to anything off Avocado. It just didn't yeah, seem yeah. like that was in the cards, but um. I mean, low light was a complete surprise. It I am was. mine was was. was a a, a night. I, I, I'm not surprised by I am mine, but I'm thankful that they did go back to something for that record. Especially that that's another one that could kind of uh, you know buy into the whole emotional tribute sort of uh, sort of deal. You know, saying less while playing more. But it's funny that we mentioned that because what do you always say with I am mine? Yep, it needs it. It's it's never like it it needs that big moment. I, I'm waiting for it to like for Mike to just go off at the end and have it be a huge thing. Well, I didn't see it. I, I, yeah. I that was part of the set that I didn't see. Right. But apparently, I am mine during like that ending solo. Either was was aborted or botched. Something mm-hmm. happened to it that okay. made it a little strange. Um. So yeah, we didn't get we didn't get any of that in that moment, but. What else did we didn't mention? Buckle up. Uh, that's I think the only Gigaton song that was debuted in these these days that we didn't mention. What you just real quick? What you think of Buck, Buckle Up? I, I even have, haven't even had a chance to go back and, and watch it yet. Okay, all right. Yeah. I I thought it was okay. I, yeah. I think I think Buckle Up. If I were to equate it to anything in the catalog, I, I would say it's like it's probably at this point their their speed of sound it kind of has that same like okay where is it going live and the same kind of pacing and where where does it go in the set list and are they going to play it uh you know speed of sound's been played i think seven times is buckle up going to end up in that territory or are they going to find a way to to bust it out more yeah. um I, I i didn't from that performance get any indication from 35,000 people in the crowd that this was going to be a real uh overall pleaser although i I love the song and i would love to hear it uh it's one of those community things where you know dance of clairvoyance super blood wolf moon quick escape has everybody in the crowd engaged buckle up is kind of you know just hey all right this is the song's going on and maybe it's a moment where you can kind of catch your breath talk to your friend next to you or something like that and it it didn't didn't quite uh, have the same pick me up as some of the other ones did. It it did seem that like we're getting the hierarchy of of Gigaton Live is starting to to show itself, right? Because yes. You got Dance of Clairvoyance four times. You got Seven O'clock four times. And those you are got, the ones that deserve it. You got Quick Escape three times. You got Super Blood Wolf Moon three times. You can expect to get those almost every night for the next 
you know, few years for the next few tours. Then you have your next tier, your never destinations, your take the long ways, your retrograde, you know, those are going to be, you're going to get them uh, every other night, maybe. And then you're going to, you got your, your ones like your buckle up. All right. Whoever said, maybe you might get once every third night. We're starting to see which ones are going to be the going to rise to the top and become like the, the corduroy, the given to fly, the right. the lightning bolt, mind your manners. The ones that are going to be played every single night that you can count on. Which is crazy. Cause I think they have all of those, all the equations there. Anything that 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 you just said, the the given to fly from this record, the minor manners of this record, they have all all of that is locked in. I think that's what makes this so intriguing, uh, way more intriguing than the past couple records. I, I don't think they really quite had the same uh, trajectory with lightning bolt songs or with backspacer songs or even avocado songs that much. But uh, I I really think they have something. S- extremely special with the gigaton songs and uh do do you think do you think we'll we'll ever get comes then goes you know that was a conversation that was just brought up recently and about what the context of the song is and it's something that i didn't really consider beforehand and there's a there's a line that's uh says queen queens of collections queen of collections and apparently that was supposed to be the 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 title of the song. I can't I can't I don't have a source on that. I can't clarify that. I can't tell you where I got that from. But apparently that was from what I heard that was supposed to be the original title of the song. And then I guess because the the and the Queen of Collections is alluding to almost a Vicky Cornell where you know like he, he kind of his relate, you can see the song being about his relationship with Chris and kind of deteriorating. And then, you know, after a while uh, before his death, like he kind of, you know, when he, when he passes away, uh, he doesn't have a relationship as much with him anymore. And it just kind of all hits him. And uh, it, it makes sense from that aspect, but I'm, I'm sort of thinking with, with uh, the newly um, found, relationship between the new dragons uh, that that were and the Soundgarden name bearer it, it doesn't seem and maybe she has no idea it doesn't seem like something that they would go back to but I think they will do it a couple times just to get it in a show the festival the festival market wasn't the right market for it to play to right. play a song like that that's a six minute acoustic song and it doesn't have and seven o'clock is a six minute song too but seven o'clock has moments that you build to the end and you have euphoric moments in that song comes then goes is like verse intro verse verse again chorus uh verse back to like a, a strumming section and then end uh it it doesn't doesn't really go anywhere. And I, I think it's okay for an arena to, to, to work that out, but to play that in front of 35,000 people outside, um, you know, especially they wouldn't play that in the main set. That's more of a, a beginning and an encore song. I don't, I don't think that that was the right time to do it. So yeah, all yeah, those it'll, factors. It'll be interesting there. to see if it'll be interesting to see if it pops up early in the tour. And and that's another thing too. Like I I really hope that these shows have kind of kickstarted them into 
getting this tour announced and yeah know, we we usually get an announcement six to eight months before the shows happen so if they're going to be playing in the spring we, we should be hearing about it soon so i'm hoping that well i mean the next few weeks will be we'll get some kind of announcement the last time that we got an announcement was January for March. So you just, you just never know sometimes, but it, it yeah. would be nice to have it, especially with what, what everything that's going on right now and how travel is, is affecting a lot of people. It would be nice to have it sooner rather than later and have kind of plans set up for March or April. It would be uh, a big right joke for people. I think it would, it would kick a lot of interest up like, sure. cause they did these shows, a bunch of people went, it, got them back in the the conversation but now they're back to being gone so mm. you're gonna you're gonna lose that momentum if you if they don't like capitalize on it somehow and i think announcing some some tour dates soon would would get people excited and give people something else to look forward to i hope that that happens i i'm with you right there and i hope not not just that but i hope that maybe they can make some extensions in there uh you know the northeast had a couple of shows and, and look, you got to think of the people in Canada. They might not go to Canada right now. They might skip it because of just some of the restrictions uh, from crossing the border. So I I'm wondering if maybe some of those Northeast territories that weren't hit like a Boston or a Philadelphia or a DC or something like that. I wonder if they'll go to some of those places uh, and then kind of circulate to some of the other uh, areas like like the Nashville and St. Louis's yeah. and and maybe even go to Chicago when when they're doing the Midwest too. You well, know, just hitting some more places. Absolutely, and along with that, like I wonder too if we're if this you know twenty to twenty three song set is going to be the the default going forward. If maybe they'll do a few more two night stays in places to to get in, like do do two nights in places where they haven't been doing two nights in a long time. We might get sure. hopefully something like a 98 or a 2000 where they're doing two nights at a place in, at a, at a random city in North Carolina or at a, in, cool. a, in a place in like, you know, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. You know, they, they've, they've <laughs> never done that in Atlanta. They've never done two nights back to back, but yes, they just, have. What are you talking about? Oh, 94, 94. That's, that's ancient history at this point. <laughs> I'm, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking 98, 2000, 2003. Okay. All right. All right. But, um, yeah, but I would, I would like to see that if they're, if they're, if they're, if they're only going to do like 20, 23 songs, then yeah, throw in, throw in an extra night at someplace like, like a St. Louis, throw in an extra night someplace like a Phoenix or, you know, give, give people a little extra something, you know, like a DC, give DC two shows, give, give Boston three shows, you know, like I, let's, I'm the, down let's, for three shows in Boston. Let's, Absolutely. Let's stretch let's this thing out. Let's, I want to, let's, yeah, uh, you go play, do 75 shows. Like if, if that's what it takes to save his voice, if he can only do 20, 23 songs a night, then just take some add a day off and spread it out, man. All for it. I yeah. I completely agree. I think the sets will be longer than two hours when they switch to arena shows, but Maybe. Uh, not by much. Yeah, right. They're, he's going to have an opener. It's it's just Josh doing the plural one stuff. Uh, I don't really know. I, I know that Jeff joined him on stage, but I don't really know how that went. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I wouldn't think that he would go much longer than forty five minutes. So I would guess that. You're not getting three hour thirty three songs. You're gonna get get those days two and a, two and a half twenty six to twenty seven, and that's really good for this era. For you know them pushing sixty instead of pushing forty or pushing fifty, right. that's right. really really good. So yeah. yeah, yeah, just just limit the expectations when it comes to that. 
Um, we're almost done here. I just, I, I think we've covered all the topics that we wanted to cover. I just have one thing that I want to address and just, um, and just really thank a bunch of people because, you know, this whole idea of this podcast was supposed to happen to kind of get people to mingle with each other and to get people kind of, you know, uh, to, to enjoy the live shows in a different light. And that, that was the idea when we first started this. And we first started this back way back at Fenway in 2018. And we brought people together to kind of, you know, t- tell, tell each other stories and, and, and enjoy being at the live shows with each other, kind of in pregame and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it was always my intention to continue to do things like that. And uh, what, you know, thankfully, and, and I have to give a lot of uh, props to, to especially Patrick uh, uh, Bogle for kind of kind of running point on this and getting everybody together that has sort of been part of the Live on Four Legs. Uh, you know, I, I, you can call it universe because they've been on the show and they've, they've, uh, they, they've talked about their, their stories, talked about their episodes, their patrons. So they're people that have donated to the show before, but all the people that have been a part of this, um, I, I got pictures all weekend from guys like Patrick and Bradley and Curtis and Deb, uh, and Brian Anderson, Sheehan, um, Brian Harwitz, uh, Kirk Walton, um, I might be missing one or two people. And if I am, I'm sorry. Uh, I maybe, I, I think Jason Carapesi was there at one point from state of love and trust. Um, and maybe like one or two other people sprinkled in again, again, like it was a lot of people. Uh, if I'm missing you, I'm, I, I apologize, but you know, they all came, they all went met up with each other and I thought, Hey, would be kind of nice. Hey, do, do you guys want to wear live on four leg shirts? I'll send you all the shirts. Cause we sent, you know, all these people have either donated to the website project or they have contributed to the website project with, uh, writing some, some awesome reviews. And the, the people that I just mentioned have done some of the best stuff. So, they and and that's not to say that the people that I didn't mention didn't do great stuff because they did too. I I am just I am I I will flatter you when it's time to flatter you other people. Uh, I, but they all went and to see everybody there wearing a white live on four legs shirt and I kind of as a joke beforehand put in some of the groups. I'm like, hey, if anybody sees anyone wearing a live on four legs shirt, uh, you know, take a picture with them and I'll send you some shit and we got people that took pictures with them. Three people did it. Uh, Like that was so cool that people kind of spotted that kept their eye on. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Live on four legs. Yeah. You're the guy. It always happened to be Brian. It it was, it was usually Brian Horowitz that that people (laughs) ended up finding. And uh, Brian, Brian actually like, ended up finding Tom Jones too, which is really cool. Uh, you know, I, any, everybody that's listening to this right now knows who Tom Jones is. He's become a, uh, uh, an overnight sensation and he's actually we're I, I, I have been talking to him. I would love to get him on the show. He's agreed to come on. We, we have to figure out uh, a good time to have him, but I, I think his story is a good one to tell from his experience the last, the last couple of weeks, especially everything that's gone on and, and what, should have been shown and what shouldn't have been shown. And, and, and I think those, those conversations need, need to be had. Uh, but you know, even he found us and, and it was just, it was just great to see all of them get together. And I kept hearing from all, all of them just saying like, 
I met lifelong friends this weekend. And that to me, that, you know, I don't like to say that we had a stake in that. I like to say that Pearl Jam sort of made it so, you know, kind of ignited the flame that I had to do something. And that just happened by happenstance, but still amazing that it did. And again, all those people that, that, that went and met up with each other, you guys are awesome, and I love you so much. And I really, I I, I got jealous, but I, I wanted to wanted you guys to enjoy the moment too. And and I really hope you did. It seemed like everybody did. And uh, next time, John and I will uh, will be there with all of you. I, I think a lot of those people are going to be in Nashville and St. Louis. So uh, those are those are stomping grounds that John and I plan plan to be at when the arena shows come along. So just wanted to give uh, a big shout out to all of them. Um, you know we're we're uh we're we're running out of time here, but John, uh, do you want to tell them we're we're gonna have reviews from these shows up on the Concertpedia pretty soon, right? Yes, uh, please check out liveonfourlegs.com. Check out the Concertpedia there. Bookmark it. There's gonna be updates. We're we're adding the 2014 shows uh, as they were happening seven years ago. So for the next few weeks, you're gonna be seeing those pop in. So yeah, it's just, it's so much fun to go back and, and read those. I hope people are getting a kick out of it. And yeah, we're gonna try to update them as, as they go as quick as we can. So in the next day or two, you'll be seeing the, the Concertpedia reviews for, for the Ohana shows come up. So yeah, please, please go check that out live on fourlegs.com. Absolutely. And not only that, but you can listen to all of our episodes on there as well. It is an archive as much as it is a concertpedia. And even for you guys that are patrons, you can listen to the Patreon content there. So you saw all you got to do is log into your Patreon account and you will be able to get the access to the evolution episodes and bridge school shows, whatever, what have you there. If you aren't a patron, but uh, have listened to this and you're like, hey, I would love to contribute something to these guys and, and contribute to something what they do. Uh, it'll help us put together some of the things that we might want to put together when they do have a tour. So even if it's as low as a dollar a month, just joining in and getting all of that extra content that we just mentioned, all those extra episodes. And uh, it's been a little bit light over there. You know, having, having a three month old is a, uh, is a challenge for me. Having a, uh, a brand new kindergarten is, is a challenge for John plus uh, a toddler is a challenge for John as well. So we're tr- trust me every single week. We're like, Hey, we got to get to, we got to get some more Patreon content. We got to get there. We got to get there. And uh, we're, we're working on it. So October, we really hope to have some more stuff out in October and uh, just stay tuned. That's, that's all I got to say is, is just stay tuned to all that. I think you guys will enjoy it. Now episode is happening on Wednesday as we normally do Seattle 2009 that, you know, there's going to be a lot of correlation with that show and to what we just all talked about because there at that show was that was basically the backspacer debut the backspacer came out that day or the day before mm-hmm. so all of those songs mostly were debuting for the first time and you were getting the first glance at that you were kind of getting the first glance of a new era and there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities from the backspacer era to the gigaton era that I think we can kind of go back to too. So it was a good time that we were able to make the show. It's part of our hometown series that we've been doing all year, celebrating the 30th year of the band, uh, focusing on all their Seattle shows or most of their Seattle shows. But we, uh, we picked this one to happen at a good time. So that's happening on Wednesday. If you're interested in that, that is all on 
Hey, you can you can hear it on liveonfourlegs.com or you can go to Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud and subscribe and get the pop-ups whenever our episodes do come up in the feed. So, all right, I think we will leave you with that and uh hope you re- hope you guys really enjoyed this. And, you know, it, it's just it's special. It, it, it even if it's four shows, even if they played 2 hours, it means something because 18 months and really you have to go back to longer than that. You have to go back to what? 36 months really, because in 2018, but that's a long time to, to go without this band. And this band, I think for a lot of people is sort of a, um, a healing pro, you know, going to see them is kind of a healing process and kind of recharges your battery a little bit. So, you know, I think for a lot of people that were able to go out there and I know some people that just went to one of the encore shows and went home just because that's what, what they were able to afford. Uh, I, I know some people that went to the first Ohana weekend and then ended up staying the whole week in California and stayed for the encore shows. I'm, I'm looking at you, Shannon McGoey. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, you know, people needed this and I'm so happy for those people that they were able to get it. And I hope that this is at least satisfying for now until the time comes where we do get the good stuff. This was good though. This was real good. And, uh, that's why we do this. That's why we talk about the shows because there's just so much to discuss. So that's it. This may be the end. We're here not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, miss you already. Miss you always. We're going to do something cool. We'll announce it next week, but it's going to be correlated to these shows. And uh, eh, maybe something, uh, maybe maybe a little, uh, a little gift. A little gift for you guys. Stay tuned. And uh, if you're not on the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook, then that is where we will be promoting that. So if that's not a teaser... It's probably not a good teaser, but something something along the lines of distributing something cool will happen uh, in the next coming week or so. So stay tuned to all that. We'll see you hopefully on Wednesday. Definitely on Wednesday for Seattle Night 2009. Thanks, everybody.